Radio, Chuck Dizzle, DJ in the building with us right now, man. Fresh off the police. Guy from Spec, man. DG checking in with us. How you feeling, bro? It's good. I'm feeling great, man. I got great feedback for the tape. Excited. It's officially out right now. Um, now hold on. It's not just officially out, but it's number one on iTunes officially right now, man. So we got to, you know, that's a celebration in itself, man. So congratulations on that, man. Yeah, man. Appreciate it, man. That's, that's a big deal, you know, so... I think that's cheating though, low key, because like you on the internet, it's, it ain't really fair. Like I would like to see how you would, how you would, how you would like, if you would be number one on like out of the trunk, like, cause it's a mixtape type shit. So yeah. I would like to see if you would be number one out of the trunk because on the internet, you already like are a fucking God on the online. You know what I'm saying? I mean, shit, man, put it like this. If you put, you if you put another, Person that come off of the same platform, they they can't do the same thing, you know. It's just people just lo- like my music, man. You know, that's what it is for real. No, I mean that's that's I honestly that's one of those things that that it's it's not an easy transition. I, I can I mean not that I got a platform like that or anything like that, but it's like you've seen or we've seen people in the past try to convert their fans from one platform to the next i mean you even had uh, a tape or a tape about you know years back as far as taking take me serious right so like that was the initial push jumping in like how did you how did you handle that transition and try to convert fans from all right like i'm youtube internet now i'm doing the music take me serious for real i mean i think it's just about just consistently hitting them with like growth and just good music you know I feel like over the years of me doing music, I really, I just had to, I was on this journey to like find my sound and how I want people to perceive me and what type of music I want to make. So I feel like now I'm at the point now where people like, you know, if they hear a certain type of flow or something like that, they know oh, that's DDG, you know what I mean? So I, I built a core music fan base and like a, that's just for music, you know, so it's like, I wouldn't even say like I fully crossed over. It's a lot of people that just would just watch, just want to watch videos of me, or they just want to tune in what I'm doing, or they want to know about my relationship or some shit like that. But like, you know, for like music, I got fans just for music. I got people that just like me for me. So I'm still working on crossing over my people. I feel like crossing over from YouTube to, to music is the hardest channel to do like it's not just one of the trends like it's not just hard it's hardest you know what i mean so it's like just imagine putting it's like having it's like having a family member you know what i mean like if you selling a t-shirt right and you selling it online a stranger gonna buy it before your cousin do just because off the strength they feel like they know you or something like that or you know what i mean it's like being on youtube then people feel like they know you like man you ain't no rapper man you know what i'm saying like i know you but in reality you don't you know what i'm saying so it's, it's just hard trying to get those people to really tap into the music and just focus on the music so i feel like that's the hardest transition bro did you ever get any pushback within the music? Well, I'm getting feedback, Chuck. I don't know if that's you. Turn your turn your volume or one of y'all turn your volumes down or something. But um, did you ever get any pushback from the music industry itself? Like, you know how like you go to producers, right? And some producers be like, oh, that's that reality TV show uh star, or oh, that girl do hair and shit like that. And then it's like it's a weird transition going from being whatever you known for to doing music. Did you ever get that resistance within the music industry itself, or everybody just embraced you off top? Yeah, yeah, like fresh out the gate, people didn't want to work with me. Like nobody really wanted to like do songs with me or nothing like that. Like I had to pull favors through my label 
when I first came out because people didn't really believe in the in the vision and the, all the other stuff. So it's really just numbers. The numbers is what got me out of it. You know, just me just consistently putting up numbers and um, bringing something to the table. When I do a song with somebody, they see the comments. They see how invested my people is. You know what I mean? They see how, yeah. how crazy people ride for me. Like if you write a, if you write a comment down in me right now, it's going to be 10 kids that's <laughs> on your ass. They're going to talk about your mama. <laughs> if you if your granny died yesterday, they're going to come at your dead granny. Like, they don't care, bro. Like, they're going to drill you for talking down on me. And a lot of people look at that and they be like, man, these kids rap on me. And it's good music. So it go hand in hand. So I feel like, especially when I dropped Moonwalking in Calabasas, and, I, and it just went up. When Blueface hopped on the remix, that, that rap cosign, that really just put everything into perspective. And then people start going back and they like, oh, this nigga really is hard. Oh, he hard, blah, 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 blah. And then after that song, like, I just been in, in the studio with a lot of people, you know? And it's like, damn, it's just crazy how things just changed off of one song. I ain't gonna lie. Cause I remember when, when I first, I remember when we first met, like, I was just like, I think I was real skeptical of the music, but I think, I think you're right though about one thing. I think it is consistency because it's kind of like, even like when you notice new people doing the YouTube thing, it's like, you know, people start vlogging or people start you being YouTubers every other day, but people fall off within the first couple of months. So yeah. I feel like what you said is correct about the music and just being consistent, but then also having that quality and not, and then not being trash. Cause I would tell you, you know what I'm saying? I would tell you if it was bad, it's yeah. not bad. It's actually really good. So, like, being that it's good and it's consistent, I think you're right about that. Appreciate it. Now, would your do your fans hold you accountable to the same thing? Like you said, they'll they'll trash any one of us if somebody comments down <laughs> on you. Do they hold you to the same higher extent? Like, hey, man, nah, that, you need to come harder with that track, or man, you need to do a better video. The visuals need to be, you know, held up. Yeah, even if right, my fans is like my toughest critics. You know, like they. I drop something or something, they'd be like, man, that was trash. <laughs> they just straight up tell me, and I just got to take it to the chin. Like, you know, yeah. shit, I mean, let me go back and re-listen and see if it really was trash. Or maybe they was right, or maybe they just hating. But, like, you know, my fans, they, they tell me straight up. You know what I mean? They let me know if they like it or not. And that's what I feel like I win at because I listen to them. You know, a lot of people don't listen to their fans. If your fans is telling you that something is trash, Maybe it's trash. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe you should listen to the people that that's supporting you because they ain't gonna lie to you. You know what I mean? Like if you got a booger in your nose, you expect your homie to tell you. You know what I mean? If you got if you drop something that's trash, you expect your homie to tell you. So I look at my fans. I don't even like to call them fans. I call them supporters. I look at them as like one of my homies. You know what I mean? Like they gonna tell me straight. You know. But you know the internet. You know it's a mixture of like people that just want a response and people that be hating. But like, it's also like people that actually care about you putting out something good. So I, it's been plenty of times when my fans told me uh, that wasn't it, you know, and it really wasn't it. So, you know, you had to believe them at that point. Now, yeah. now you represent you represent Pontiac, man, and I, I want to get into that because I think that's very interesting. A lot of people obviously know Detroit, Michigan. You know, talk about Pontiac and why why you put that on your back so much, and obviously how you were develop, develop developing the sound. Um, or, you know, if Pontiac has a sound and, and you know, putting your, your all into that so people know what, what Pontiac is about. I feel like the Pontiac sound is 
Pontiac and Detroit is like the same thing. It's like a smaller Detroit, you know what I'm saying, realistically. But I'm not that type of person. Like I know a lot of people that be from Pontiac and they say they're from Detroit. Like nigga, you you're not from Detroit, <laughs> Pontiac. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I never been a type to ever claim Detroit or no other city in Michigan except the one that I'm from. You know what I mean? So, um, but Pontiac it's like me going through me being in like coming from Pontiac. I feel like that that's what motivated me to be better. You know what I mean? Because it's really nothing. Like if you was to go to Pontiac right now, it's nothing to do. We don't have a mall. We ain't got nowhere to go. Like it's just streets, you know what I mean? It's like, it's really nothing to do but, but be outside, you know? So it's like me just living in, in, in poverty. Like I've been through a lot of stuff. A lot of people don't even realize how I grew up. They just see like the, you know, the nice, the nice glam and stuff that I got now. But in reality, bro, like nigga, I used to have to boil water to take baths, bro. Like I used to really be down bad back in the day. You know what I'm saying? And I was just a kid, so I couldn't really, like, it was just a way of life, like, getting evicted and all types of stuff. Like, so, you know, just coming from Pontiac and being in such a messed up situation in life, it motivated me to be better. It motivated me to do and, and get out and go to college and get good grades and all types of stuff and just want better for myself and my family. So that's why I really put it in my name, because it's like, if I was from los angeles so if i was from beverly hills or if i grew up knowing and seeing this already and being around all this nice stuff i feel like i wouldn't be as motivated i wouldn't be as inspired as i am now so that's why i put the city on and plus it's really nobody that's coming from pontiac that's really like putting the city on so it's like i feel like it's my responsibility for me to be in this position to let people be knowledgeable that it's a place called pontiac Michigan. You was the first per I was I, you were the, literally the first person I ever heard say Pontiac, Michigan, ever in my life. So I, I could appreciate that. But I, you did touch on uh, the poverty part of it, and I know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Pontiac is about le it's less than an hour from Flint, from Flint, Michigan. Yeah, it's like it's like 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, it's less than an hour from Flint, Michigan. Did you, where is Pontiac one of those places? Because you're talking about the how how the, the poverty is. Is Pontiac also affected by the lead in the water and? bro it's only flint bro like pontiac water was straight it was just wow. only flint. like flint was messed up so um i don't know i don't mean i'm i don't really know about it i guess it's a different water line or something got you yeah yeah no i just i was asking because you was like you asked to boil water and i remember a lot of them people were doing the same thing so that's why i was asking water because our water was known <laughs> like we had water nigga. like I, we had cold water i wasn't taking no cold showers so i had to put water into this big turkey baster bucket you know how you you bake the um the turkeys in like the um big ass pan or whatever a pot mm -hmm. i would put a bunch of water in there i would carry that heavy ass water over to the tub and pour it in the tub wash up and put the water out like i had to do that every day to wash up yeah. for a little bit probably like a month or two or two months or some shit like that and then we finally got it back on but we was broke man Hey, so, so what was the escape, man? The, when, when did you actually move out this way? You know, and and what was that like for you? Was it was it a culture shock? Was it like, oh yeah, I'm never going back? Or was it like, what was that mindset? I mean, I went, I I went, I had great grades in high school. I graduated 4.0 valedictorian, and I I went to college. 
So when I got to college, that was my real culture shock. When I got to college and I seen all these other types of people, Pontiac is very black. Like, it's very black. You know what I'm saying? You, I got one white friend. You know what I mean? He was probably the only white person in Pontiac, damn near. So <laughs> it's like, Pontiac is very black. So when I got to college, I'm like, man, there's a lot of white people here, man. Like, it's different. So, you know, I, that was kind of the culture shock for me. And then I kind of got adapted to it. I started being around these kids that had a lot of money and, and seeing a lot of different things. As you see Asians riding around in Lambos in my, in my um, yeah, they was going crazy over in my college. So I'm like, okay, you know, I got kind of adapted to it. And then towards my second year of college, I was making five figures a month on, on YouTube. So I started getting money, bro. Like mm. I started flying out to LA and, and getting on flightclub.com ordering Yeezys and stuff. Like I, I was like, just blowing my money. I'm like, man, this is crazy. I got money now. This is, I got crazy money. So I was just, I started getting adapted that way. And then I got to a point where I made so much money. I'm like, man, I don't want to go to class no more. So I started skipping class. I skipped like three weeks of class straight. Just uploading videos. And this is before the music, but I was doing like little diss tracks here and there. So I went ahead and I, um, I saved up enough money to get me a spot. This spot called 1600 Vine in Hollywood. I got me a nice little spot over there. It's like a nice little penthouse. Moved out there with my girlfriend at the time. And then, you know, that's, that's, that was about five years ago. Yep. Damn. I, you I think, mean, it just, it, you said something interesting. You said had you lived out here, you wouldn't have had the same motivation. It, it's striking for somebody that, like us. Like, we, we're from here. So we're we're not, a, uh, we're not, we're used to the glitz and the glam, and we, but we come from a different side as well. But it's just interesting to hear that perspective because it's like it, it it's like a shock of like, yeah, don't don't take shit for granted either. You know what I mean? Yeah, bro. When I was in Pontiac, bro, I used to look up, I used to just look up pictures of LA. Like that's what people don't understand. What I I know because I'm not from here. Everybody looks at LA as the dream place to ever go to, ever travel to. Like this is before I ever really been on a plane. You know what I'm saying? Like I used to. Google up videos. I used to watch YouTubers that live in LA. Like if you live in LA, I watched the videos just cause I just wanted to see it. I just wanted to feel what it was like. So like not being from here, bro, like it just made me want to be here. You know what I'm saying? Like seeing the palm trees. Like when I got here, I ain't seen a palm tree before. And I was like, damn, this is crazy. Like this is- Oh, so that's one of them. That's yeah, what that shit, like. that shit look like, so. Yeah, when you ain't from here, when you ain't from LA, man, it's it's everybody. Trust me, everybody want to live in LA, especially from the that, That's a fact, as they should. Um, I wanna I wanna dive into some of the music right here because uh I got a chance to get a, a I, tr- I got a chance to listen to the project a little bit, and um, some it was a couple of them that stuck out stood out to me. Right, obviously Hood Melody, which is the first track, and you said something on there about you losing the brother. You lost you lost somebody in 2014. Yeah. Was your your brother it was he still in Michigan or Yeah, no, nah, this is 2014. This is yeah, seven years ago. Yeah. Oh yeah, my bad. I'm sorry. So that was yeah. 2014. I, obviously you, you both were still in Michigan. Or you were in college. Nah, I was still in high school. Yeah, I was You were I still was, in high school. I okay. was 16. Yeah, I was like 11th grade, 10th grade, one of those. Yeah. He got murdered. And so, and that was in, that was in Michigan. Yeah. That was like a big, 
big, big, big change in my life. And that's actually like a big reason of why I'm at where I'm at today. And it's a big reason why my name is what it is. His, his PlayStation name was Pontiac Made DDB. And I just stole it and I made it my name. So I kind of took his name and uh, yeah, man, when that, when that happened, my whole life changed. And my mom got extra money for her for the funeral, right? Because we got a lot of donations or whatever. So she got a lot of money for the funeral. And she had some extra money left over. And she asked me, she was like, what you want? You want to get you a car? You want me to get you a car? Or you want me to buy you a camera? Because, you know, when, you, when you're younger, like, you know, a car, you get a car for what? A band, two bands, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, get you a little bust down. It depends car. on what it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, I was like, you know, I was like, I want a camera. Just give me a camera. I'm cool. Like, I don't, I'll wait on the car. Got a camera, but I kid you not, like two weeks later, I got a viral video. And it, it turned my YouTube up from 500 subscribers to 15,000. And then that just started my whole little YouTube thing. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was low-key. Like, it, it's not a definitely not like a blessing, but it was like I got blessed in that situation. And that kind of put me where I'm at right now. Yeah, because I was looking at, I was looking at, I mean, I, when I was listening to it and the way you said it, I forgot the rest of how, how it went, but I could tell that that was a pivotal moment for you. And then also, that's not necessarily a side of you that a lot of people get to see. So I felt like that was you kind of being vulnerable within the music. Yeah, I was trying to, with this tape, I was really just trying to just open up, you know, and I'd be, and I honestly, bro, like, it took me a long time to even speak about that situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, You got me? Yeah, and there you go. Yeah, nah, it didn't take me a long time to really speak about that situation because I was really sensitive about it, you know what I mean? So it's like, I never talk about it. I never say nothing about it in my videos. I never tell nobody because these kids is ruthless, bro. Like they, they don't care, you know what I'm saying? Like they getting them comments and they say something about my brother or something like that and I take it to heart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They the fuck mm -hmm. on my day, I get mad or something like that. So it's like, I never wanted to really speak about it. I never wanted to talk about it, but then I, you know, I kind of just got a little better with it and you know, I coped with it a little bit. So I was able to get vulnerable on the track. No, I appreciated that too, because I think that that's how artists evolve. And I know that you still, like you said, you still transitioning into the artist, but I feel like that though, the best artists are the ones who can be the most vulnerable in their opinion, in their emotion, in their thought process, whatever it is. So I feel like you, that, like you, like like I just said, that that stood out to me, and I wrote that down because I wanted to bring that to your attention. That that's a layer that you want to keep tapping into, to where people know you, DDG. People know you, famous. People know you got money. People know about your relationship. People know all these different things, but them other layers. That's how those artists, those those artists, go to the next level. Yeah, yeah. Man, I noticed that. I had to think like. I listen to the art, listen to a lot of artists, and I just be like, why do I connect to this person? I'll be like, man, because they're speaking on real situations. And realistically, when you're making music and you listen to the music, like these people go through the same stuff. We all go through the same shit. You know what I mean? So it's like, once you start speaking personally, you able. I feel like you're able to relate a lot more to a, to a broader audience. So I feel like a lot of people gonna gonna gravitate towards that song. Now, now, since people are st are taking taking you serious at this point, you know, obviously you're opening up, opening up more 
uh, on this project is is the goal to fully transition and just do the music full time or are you are you okay with dabbling in in both worlds kind of youtube and 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 uh the artistry do you feel like there's a perfect marriage between the two you know bro like i really i really just want to focus on music but i always told people like man like what if what if drake did vlogs you know what i'm saying who wouldn't want to see how drake living who wouldn't want to see a drake house tour like come on now that's that's 100 million views like everybody yeah. want to see that you know so it's like I feel like I, bro, I, I didn't did YouTube for so long. I feel like I'm, I'm in a position now where I can take big breaks, and I can like really put it down and, and just focus on the music. And I feel like that's what I've been doing. Like I've been doing it here and there. I really just been doing YouTube for the past couple months, just to really just get my face back out there and you know promote my my tape and all that other stuff. Like, but focusing on the music is really where my head is at right now. But you know, I got a, I got a few little things that I'm finna do. Like I'm finna box somebody, you know, just just to, you know to have some little. Tap back in, tap back in real quick. I tap saw you. Knock, I saw that. Bro. Quick. Yeah, Why though? It's just because I just want to, bro. Like a lot of people, <laughs> I just want to fight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but a lot of people though, like back in the day, I used to box. Like four years, like I used to box for four years as a kid. That was one of my hobbies. And I used to go, to, like, I used to travel for it. I won medals for it, oh, like, tournaments, all types of stuff. And I always looked up to Mayweather. I always looked, I used to watch all his 24-7s and all this other stuff. And I'm like, man, I would love to fight. You know what I'm saying? I would love to make some money boxing. I remember I did a boxing match for $10 as a kid. And I won that $10. I was so excited. Well, I'm going to make some M's, boy. Play it with me. Nothing to box, man. I'm, I'm for sure finna do is that. Is there anybody? Is it because I saw you? I saw you when you talked to Kev. You were saying that you would box, and if the bag is right, you would fight. Is there anybody, no matter what the bag is, that you wouldn't fight? Because there's a couple of people on that list for me. Shit, man. I probably never fight Mayweather. Facts. Ever. I, <laughs> I don't want no smoke. <laughs> I don't want no smoke, boy. <laughs> I don't care how old he is. I ain't never fight that man. You know? No, sir. Low key, bro. Like, that's probably the only person, man. Really? What you, yeah. Like, I'll fight Mike Tyson. <laughs> they threw oh, me enough tripping. money, but I, you tripping, <laughs> tripping. I'll fight Mike Tyson. You, you tripping, bro. bro. You tripping. Look, man. You tripping. You know, Tyson will hit your ass. Hey, Tyson to hit you. You gonna wake up 15 years old in a, in a, in a boiling bathtub full of water. <laughs> you gonna, <laughs> that nigga you gonna punch your ass? And you gonna wake up like 11 years old? Like what the fuck happened? <laughs> as long look, as long as he don't knock my ass out, as long as I can get around the ring, cause he's a little older, I can get around the ring, get away from him for a little bit. I'll be good, man. As long as I make the decision, he can win. He can have a win. I don't give a fuck about the win. Man, kick to a one though. Listen, I, I, I watch your I watch some of your vlogs, DDG. Okay, you fight Tyson, you have more to worry about than that pimple you was worried about getting <laughs> off your face, bro. I'm telling you right now, yeah, it's gonna be carnage on your shit. Don't be the right bag, Tyson. All right, what's the bag then? Fuck it. Since we here, what's the bag for you to fight Tyson? Give me a realistic number though. You know, hey, I do it for 10, 10 million. Ten million. Is that too small? That's no, that's that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, 
hey, you both understand, bro. These people, this they got money stuff, they making money. So right now, bro, you don't understand. Mayweather was making three hundred million. Oh, that's I know. not cap. That's like real life. That's not money. no. That's not cap. I know. Bro, I used to DJ at those fights. I used to DJ at those fights. I used to see them them numbers. Listen, this is what I'm asking you. Okay, so you saying ten, you'll fight Mike. What if they got like seven point two? Like they let a little short. I'm in there ten, just a starting point. I'm negotiating. Oh, okay. <laughs> I hop right. in there. Seven so, M, so it's like seven, seven, seven M's. You you can't do it. Seven M's. No, seven M's. I'm in there. I'm in there. They like. Five. You know what? We really ain't got the budget we thought. Three. Ah, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So what's your floor then? There's something. Give me somebody else, man. I, I need. I need somebody else. Three million for Tyson. Hell, no. Nah, I ain't gonna ask some bears for that. But if you, if I was to get my ass beat by Tyson, I don't think that's a hell. No, you just gonna no, feel no, it. No, definitely not L. Yeah, you just gonna, just gonna, gonna feel it different. It's a W for even stepping in there with him. I'm you. You absolutely right because I would never do that. Yeah, I don't want no. He can. He listen. He can disrespect somebody I'm with, and I'm gonna ask him what they did wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Babe, what you do to Tyson? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nah, so like. No, I was gonna ask you. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was because he 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 said he said cap earlier. We do something called factor cap, and I, I wanted to do it based off uh, some of the lyrics to one of your songs, right? And you you had something where it was kind of on the lines of knowingly sleeping with one of your fans' girls. All right. So is that fact or is that cap? Have you knowingly ever ever slept? You you mentioned something about. You said something just kind of like I think it was just a bar or whatever, but she said something about knowing about sleeping with a fan's girl. I don't know if it actually really happened or not, but have you ever slept with a fan's girl? One of your supporters. Probably back in the day. But I you I mean you, you don't know. It's not you, you don't know. You're not too sure. I gotta hear the line. I gotta hear the line. I, <laughs> he gotta, he, I gotta I gotta I hear, hear the line, man. Everybody, every girl belongs to somebody, you know. That's how Agreed. it be realistically. These girls are shysty. All right, fact to cap. Have you ever been replaced? I mean, I guess you could say that. No, like you know, no, no, no. Like you know, like, oh damn, she was with me. Now she with him. Yeah, I, I've definitely been replaced. But Still there in spirit at all times. <laughs> this is crazy. He's he, he's crazy. Let, let, toxic nigga. That's what it is. <laughs> he said I'm a toxic nigga. <laughs> I will always listen. If girl leave me on alone, I will always be there in spirit. They know that. But it's all good, you know. My physical. All right, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. So I was on. I was on. A, okay. Well, first of all, you got a song called "Where You Talk," right? Um, and on the song, you talk about dating, different date, um, like dating and shit like that. Right. So I was on Clubhouse and I got into an argument with a bunch of women about uh, a date. If you go on a first date and I'm asking you as DDG and you, everyone knows that you can afford whatever you want. Is it crazy or is the woman if, would the woman be offended if the man were to use like a coupon on the first date? But 
she knows that he can afford it. Like I'm DDG. She knows that I could buy whatever I want, but I just used the coupon on the first date. Do you think as DDG that that makes the, that that cheapens the date for the woman? Absolutely not, because she's not paying for anything. That's she what I said. Yeah, it shouldn't matter if it shouldn't matter how I pay for our date. You ain't pay for nothing. Thank you. I wish Thank a girl you. would get mad at <laughs> using the coupon. Go <laughs> home, man. What the hell? You pay for it. How about right, that? Like, how about <laughs> you pay your half? I wish I would. Hell no. Bro, it was the biggest debate about this shit. And I was, I couldn't believe what I was listening to. They were like, it just you you cheaping, you making me feel cheap. And I'm like, you're not paying for the date. Yeah. I'm paying. Like, anyway, I just wanted to ask you that. Um why was, why 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 die for respect? I'm, we, I, I, feel I, like, I, believe, I feel like respect is the most important thing. Like over my time of me being like, you know, in a public figure and being in the limelight or whatever. I just feel like, bro, it's so much. I feel like respect is just so important. You know what I mean? Rather from all perspectives. But when I was thinking of when I made this project, it was really for music. Like, I feel like I need to be respected in this music game. Mm. I got two plaques. You know, moonwalking <laughs> and one platinum. I'm on the radio. What else do y'all need? You know what I'm saying? I got a deal. I have a great deal. You know what I mean? Like I have a, a knowledgeable deal. Like what, what else do y'all need to respect my music? So, well, you know, it, really depends, it depends on what you want out of this though. What, what are you going for? Well, I'm going for Drake level, bro. Like I've been saying that I'm not doing this to be no underground artist. I'm not doing this to be like in and out, but I'm trying to be 10 plus years in. Mm-hmm. legendary you know what i'm saying i'm trying to really be i'm trying to really see what it's like to be drake bro i want to know what it's like to be i want to know what it's like to hop on somebody's song and change their life forever mm-hmm. you know what i mean i want to know what it's like to have everybody in the whole industry at my fingertips they're gonna speak to me correctly because they know what i can do for them you know what i'm saying that's how i want to i want to I want to know what it's like to to be in that position in this in this music game. Like I always wanted to do music. I always wanted to 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 be a big artist. So it's like now that I'm in, I'm on the road to do it, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna stop. Like I'm going for I'm going for the top, bro. I want people to know that. Like so you pretty much answered your own question then, because you know that boy Drake. That's what I'm going for. That 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 rain he's been having has been crazy. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Ten years plus. So it's like. What more do you want from me? That, that consistency. You know what I'm saying? They got to have that take care. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, so do, do you feel like you've delivered that quality of work as of right now? Are you still on your way to do that? I feel like, bro, I honestly feel like this take is something that's really special to me. I feel like I really put a lot into it. I work very, very hard on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even call. I don't, because this is not an album to me. This is a mixtape. Yeah. I feel like that. Like, I know what else I got coming. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know what else I got in the tank. I know I know the, the the skills that I obtained. Like when I first started, I couldn't even record with the engineer in the room. I was so nervous to record at another studio. You know what I'm saying? Like I was mm. like that. Now, bro, as soon as I hear the beat, I hop in it. I freestyle right off the bat. And I found my sound. I'm like, oh, this is how I, this is how I'm supposed to make music. I'm supposed to freestyle. I'm supposed yeah. to get my flows off immediately. You know what I mean? So it's like I just been obtaining a lot of different skills 
And I feel like when I finally get to that, when I get to that album mode before the end of this year, it's gonna be up, bro. And I really just feel like where where I what I was missing before all of this was association. Mm. And with this tape, I was like, you know what? I need to do a lot. I need to do some music with people. I need to get these yeah. features. I need to do this and that. I need to let these people hear me go head to head with some of the big dogs. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I was like, okay, let me do some features or whatever, association with other rappers and all this other stuff. And now I'm just looking at this feedback and it's only been out for two hours, but looking at the feedback, they love it, bro. And I'm, I'm just excited to see where it goes. The video with you and Yachty look kind of look fun. Didn't look very COVID friendly, but it looked fun. Definitely was not COVID friendly at all. <laughs> at all, but you know, Atlanta don't care, man. You like you COVID. said, I'm in Atlanta with no mask. Yeah, bro. You catch COVID in Atlanta, but it's like it's like catching a a, a little a little a little cough. <laughs> they they look at that shit like it ain't nothing. That's crazy. I think it's catching COVID every other day out there. So. How did you, you been doing um, quarantine, dog? Like with everything being shut down, how how did you adjust and maneuver? Did that help you in the process of like kind of bunkering down and figuring out, like you said, how to record and doing more stuff? Or um, yeah, like. Bro, I honestly feel like I feel like quarantine has really helped me in a positive way. I feel like me being quarantined, I strived a lot more than when, when the world was even open because you know everybody at the crib. I started from the internet. Mm. So it gave me a chance to really take over and and, and and you know put my face out there publicly on the internet. Cause that's where I thrive. That's real for everybody. Yeah, bro. I'm on every social media platform, man. I got five different channels. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Snapchat. I'm on TikTok. I'm everywhere on the internet. How do you balance all that? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you talking about the have an assistant, bro? Like I'm by myself. I don't have an assistant. You don't. And that, that's what I'm saying. It's like you have you have this big platform and typically people have teams. And I, that's just the thing that I kind of picked up on. I'm like, yo, this motherfucker actually doing this shit by itself. Like, so that's why you know I what? asked because it feels like they get a, it's another platform out every couple of years, every other month, damn near. You know what I'm saying? So it's like for you knowing that, you know, at one point, YouTube was your platform. Right. And, and, and being consistent on there when another one's introduced. Do you do you go in there just try it out, see how it works, and say, "Oh, no, nah, that's not for me"? Or do you make it a point to say, "No, I'm gonna get this shit down so I can, you know, aggregate some fans on, on that platform"? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's I like I know how to move people. I would say that I know how to move people over from platform to platform. Um, it's just juggling all of them. I honestly, I couldn't even tell you how I do it. Like I just, I just try to make it an initiative to hop on each platform every single day. So when I wake up, like I don't really have to do anything every day. You know what I mean? So when I wake up, it's just, how can I make somebody listen to my music? I feel like that's why my music is where it's at right now. Because if you look at my Instagram, you look at my Twitter, I'm only talking about music. I might throw a little bit of lifestyle shit in there. I might talk about some relationship shit here and there, you know, shake up the internet a little bit. But then I get, I circle it back to the music every single time. Mm-hmm. What's the fine line between attention and clout? Like, how do you, how do you, I guess, um, 
separate yourself from the two. Like at least not having your brand be associated with, yo, I'm just doing this shit for the cloud versus I know how to captivate your attention. Uh, I mean, just not hurting real feelings in real life. It's so easy to manipulate the internet, bro. It's like, bro, I can, I could call, I could call you on on the side, bro, and I could just be like, hey, Chuck, I'm finna say, yeah, I, I'm finna say I had sex with your girl, man. <laughs> just finna run the numbers up. All right. <laughs> I get on there and I say I had sex with your girl. Next thing you know, the whole world talks about it you know what i mean if you got a following bro you can trick the internet any way you want to trick them niggas. that's yeah. the crazy part so it's like as long as you know in real life it's okay i feel like it's never just it's never crossed it's never a fine line yeah you will never ever see any of this transpire to real life i noticed that like i see hate comments every day mm. but when i'm in public it ain't nothing but love mm. So when you so did you really almost go to jail then for the weed in 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 Ruby's bag? Yeah. Or is that some bullshit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is what happened. <laughs> this is what happened. That's not bullshit. No, it's not bullshit. I probably didn't all. I didn't probably didn't just go to jail. But like I got checked, checked. You know how the DEA be at some of the some of the gates? They was at the gate, bro. I'm going through the gate, man. We about to miss the flight. I'm like, bro, it's past time. I'm going through there. Ruby's still coming through the um TSA check or whatever. I get through there. I get to the gate. The DEA stopped me. Blah, blah, blah. Where you going? Blah, blah, blah. What you doing? Blah, 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 blah. Me and Ruby switched bags because she had weed in her bag, right? She has a weed in her bag, and we was flying out of Columbus. But the, the DEA didn't see you swap bags? We swapped bags before we even got over there. So this oh. is what happened. Ruby lost her ID, right? She lost her ID. And, I, and we couldn't find it. So when you get to the airport without an ID, they got to do all these different checks. They got to ask you why you're here, where you're going. They got to check your bags and all this other stuff. So I was like, just give me your bag because I had an ID. So I was just going to go through there. You know what I mean? You can fly with weed. They don't really be, don't really be knowing like that. They don't be checking like that. But weed is not legal in Ohio. So I, I'm like, okay, give me your bag. I go through there with her bag. As soon as I get to the gate, they get to check me. I'm like, fuck. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> it would be the day. <laughs> but it's weed. Anyway, it got to a point, man. They was like, you know, I, I'm a terrible liar, bro. I was like, they, they was going through my bag. It was like, is there any drugs in here? Anything illegal? I was like, nah, no. I, 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 I was, <laughs> well, you did that. You... And look, Ruby's still at TSA pre-check, so I'm like, fuck, like, okay, I'm gonna just had to go to jail for her ass. So I'm like, okay, I just looked at the nigga. I'm like, bro, look. A little bit of weed in there, man. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone, bro. He's like, he's like, okay, how, how much weed? I feel like, bro, I feel like police, they way more lenient when you be honest with the niggas. You know what I mean? When you lie to them, they get tweaking and they get to asking extra questions and shit. And I'm, and in my head, I'm like, I might as well tell them there's weed in here because they must be looking for a chopper or some shit. Because they, you know what I mean? The way they ask me questions, nigga, I'm just coming from my host to my nigga. But, yeah, they looked through the bag, grabbed the weed. They left the weed in there too. They let us keep the weed. They didn't even take it. Real, real niggas. Yeah, they was like, "All right, go ahead." So we got through. Did they see how much weed it was? And just... yeah, it was probably like it wasn't. It wasn't too much. It was like a little bag. Oh, okay. It's probably like this or something like that. But it wasn't like no pound of weed or no shit like no, no, that. No duffel bag shit. Yeah, no, we was good. We ain't too much. 
That's crazy. Cause I was like, damn, when I saw that, I was like, oh shit. That's crazy. Cause I like I said, I'd be paying attention to the blog to the vlogs and shit. So I was looking like, oh shit, that's crazy. Cause a couple of the homies went to the airport, realized, realized there was some shit in their bag. They just left and missed the flight. I'm finna go back to the house. Like <laughs> I'm not going through this airport with this shit on me. Yeah, I had to get home, man. I'm like, shit, nigga, we in that bag, bro. What you gonna do? You gonna take me to jail? Just let's just speed up the process. Fuck it. Yo, so how does how does um you know your 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 family take the success? You know, you you coming from somebody that obviously you had this 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 pivotal moment where moms is like, yo, I can get you a car, get you a camera. You decide the camera. You start start doing your shit. But obviously I know in the back of their mind they want you to get the education. You had to leave school. So like what what, what was their mind frame throughout all this? My situation is different, bro. Like my mom is the most my mom and dad extremely supportive. Like dope. they was with it. You know, I'm first generation. I'm the first one to go to college out of my family. So mm-hmm. it's like Realistically, y'all really can't tell me shit, my nigga. Like, <laughs> how can you tell me to do something? You, you know what right. I'm saying? So I was like, but they was automatically fully supportive. Like, when it came to me doing my videos or anything, I know it's a lot of strict parents, you know, and I feel like that's just depending on the culture that you're in. Like, a lot of strict parents be like, you got to go to college, you got to do this mm-hmm. and that, blah, 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 blah. Or if your parents went to college, then it's kind of like they kind of expect you to do the same thing. But like, I told my mama I was dropping out. She's like, all right. Man, it don't hurt that you was making money too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That kind of that definitely made it better. But That's I feel like even if I wasn't making money, she just would have been like, all right, you know what I mean? You just come back with me. So it's like she was just extremely supportive. My dad too. So it's like as long as I was doing what I had to do, you know, making money or whatever, or doing following my dreams and you know, whatever, you know, they was with it. So and but it was that other people. people. It was outside sources that was telling me I was done for dropping out. Mm. It was people that wasn't even family that was telling me. I think my sister told me I'm done for dropping out, but she <laughs> money I was making. <laughs> so you know, once all that came into fruition, you know, they was all with it. So now, uh, now speaking of dumb, how, what's what's the dumbest purchase you've ever made? You know, what I'm saying you you young, you getting money. At looking back now, or even maybe something that's current, what's the what's the thing you like? Damn, I really blew a bag on that. Like, man, that's a good question, bro. I feel like probably cars, because I really only drive one of my cars, bro. Mm-hmm. I got three cars. I only drive one of them. I feel like, but I I mean like I'm in the cars a lot, but cars are the most expensive thing that I've been buying so far. This house is beautiful, though. Like, this, it makes sense. You know what I mean? I, this is the most expensive thing that I ever bought, which is this house. But I'm going to get that money back for sure, for sure. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, cars, you don't never get that shit back. So it's like, it's yeah, value. Chill. It's just, it's just an eyeball thing for me. And I be feeling like my cars be too loud anyway. I'm like, I can't, I can't go to Inglewood. I mean, you can, you just, you, you know, you don't get right away, you get back you on can. the freeway. Yeah, you better, better get off your exit, get back on. So, you know, I just be, I be like, man, so certain places I can go, I need to go ahead and get me a little burner with a little, little Honda or something, tint the windows. Tint the but, windows and be riding like car, around. I feel like my car, I got like an i8 that I don't even drive. 
Damn. Don't drive it at all. So Let me like, have it. Shit, nigga. Throw me some cheese every month. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 whatever it is, I ain't got it. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> whatever number you say, I ain't got it. Oh. Um, no, uh, give me a tip, though, before you go. Give me a tip on how to talk to women because I'm single. Chuck is married, okay? Uh, Chuck is married. I'm single. I've been single since I was born, pretty much. And I don't really know. It, it might be my approach. You know what I'm saying? Like, I say things like, I don't believe in titles, one. Two, I don't believe in, like, traditional dating and courting and asking a girl out. It's like, it's like, hey, I'm going to get something to eat. You want to come? Like, that's kind of like my thing. Yeah, man, you know, you really just gotta be nice. That's oh, like, that shit really works. He ain't, he ain't fucking with that, bro. That's that's what really it is, bro. I just really, I'm just a nice dude. You know what I mean? Like, you know, go to Ralph's, spend spend fifteen dollars on some flowers, some roses. Looks just like the two hundred dollar joints. Bring some roses to her. Open the door. Yo, you might have spent a hundred on the date, but that's it, bro. Don't you know what's don't don't touch her after. Don't touch her when you take her to the crib. Just drop her off. Oh yeah, that's I do that now. But I'm just saying, <laughs> I I didn't think like being nice. That shit really works. That's so irritating to me. That, that shit works, bro. That that's that's all they be wanting is a nice nigga. You know what I mean? You be nice. To <laughs> they be like, damn, this nigga was nice. My ex was terrible, and then they automatically just start liking you, and especially if you don't hit them the first day, they're gonna go wild, you know. So it's like, what? How do you? How did you ask Ruby out for the first time? Me and Ruby was going. We had like a we had like a weird talking stage for a long time, and then it got to a point where it's like, damn, I don't really like any of these other girls at all. You know what I mean? But I, for some reason, like. I find myself hanging out with you every fucking day. You know what I'm saying? And then yeah. she kind of like opened up. You know, it's really, we spent so much time together. That's when it got to the point where it's like, okay, we, we boyfriend and girlfriend at this point. You know, so it wasn't really, I think we didn't, we never had like a, can you be, I mean, we talked about it, but I don't think we had like a, can you be my, will you go with me? <laughs> yeah. I well, no, you want to be my girl or, or, or you ain't fucking with it? Yeah, it was just one of those obvious situations. It's like, man, I'm literally used to a point where I wouldn't even living in my own crib. I'm in her crib every day. You know what I mean? Man. I'm flying to Atlanta and shit. I'm like, no, we're not even in the talking stage at this point. We dating. Exactly. See, that's that's the that's that little gray area that I usually have an issue with. I usually run into problems right in there because the women want to know what we where what are we and where we going. And I'm like, bro, we human, this, bro, stay we in human, the, and I'm going to the house. Stay in the talking stage as long as you can, bro. Okay. Once you say you my you, once you say you mine, or she say you my boyfriend. He looking around and shit. <laughs> hey, he looking around. Once you say <laughs> everything, literally everything changes, my dog. Like everything, all the you become entitled. No pun intended. Like it's like you, that girl basically owns you at this point. <laughs> you gotta. You, it's a lot of more. It's a lot of stuff that you gotta deal with that you didn't have to deal with in that talking stage. So mm -hmm. the more time you spend with a girl, 
the quicker you're going to get to that boyfriend, girlfriend. You're going to be locked down. Why you out so late? Where you at? Why you want to hang out with them instead of me? Do y'all do the location thing where you leave the location on in each other's phones? Nah, we don't do that. Not yet. <laughs> that shit coming. It's on the way, though. On the way. <laughs> My homie do that with his girl, and I don't understand it. He was like, yeah, she know where I am. I know where she at. I'm like, why, though? Like, yeah, but it's like... I don't really be liking all of that. You know what I mean? I feel like that's more so the girls that be wanting that. You know what I mean? They be wanting to know where you at and all this other shit. But, like, my situation is a little different, you know. We have some rocky stages, so, you know, we we, we be building a lot. Yeah, I know. So you the title of the blog. Uh, yeah. My bad. <laughs> no, I said I noticed the title of the blog that he posted. when the, uh, like, man, you know, young and toxic. A few days ago. Young Go ahead, toxic. You wouldn't you wouldn't ask for the, the passcode to her phone? Nah, I don't want to see nothing. Like that's the thing with me. Like me either. I don't want to know if anything's going on. It's to the mm-hmm. point where you have to tell me. You know what I mean? Right. Like that's how much I don't want to know. Because I would let something like that ruin my whole week. And I'm like, damn, like now my brain is all boggled with some bullshit. You know what I mean? She's so like, I don't even want to know. I don't want no passwords, bro. I don't want nothing. Like, it's, I don't even want to follow you. I don't want to know what you're doing. <laughs> I want to see you in Me real either. Life. I'm the same way. I don't yeah, want to see, I only see you in real life and we, we get to know each other and we bond in real life. Fuck all that internet shit. Yeah. Yeah, because I noticed that girls, uh, my home, I, be, I was arguing one of my homegirls last week about this shit. She be tripping over the emojis. In dudes' comments, and I'm like, bro, if you have, if he has a fan base, like that's gonna happen. You know, you can't be mad about Instagram emojis and shit like that. Yeah, you can't you can't control on that internet shit, man. It's all around the world. So you you mentioned something. I want to kind of end on this note, man. Um, you talked about the album, one to put an official album before the year ends. Um, on top of that, what's what's one thing? What's some other things that you kind of like have set in plans? A year can't end without DDG doing what? Um, the year can't end. You you said without me saying the album thing, the album because we know we know we know that's that's one thing. But what's another thing? And if you want, you can think big. It don't have to like, be music specific. It can be anything. Anything. It's a manifestation. Uh, a question. I feel like I feel like the year can't end without me. Being on double XL. You want to make what the like the freshman cover or yeah, I want to be on the freshman cover. I think that's a given though. I better be on the cover. <laughs> like, I say that humbly, bro. Like I'm talking about I've been shooting my shot at double XL for about three years straight. They know mm. my name. You know what I mean? They know my birthday. They know where I'm from. Everything. I better be on double XL. Why you think they haven't uh, come knocking yet? I feel like the people that they picked before was obvious picks. You know what I mean? And I yeah. feel like I was like in the middle. I was in that gray area. You know what I mean? You didn't have moonwalking in Calabasas. You didn't have yeah. moonwalking. I had die for respect. I ain't had yeah. nothing. But now I got too much content. You know what I'm saying? It's like, bro, yeah, I gotta, <laughs> like I feel like that's really that's really like a, a big goal for me yeah. when it comes to this music. I feel like that's my 
being a, a double XL freshman, that's like something that I really, really want for my career, my rap career. So I'm excited for that. Now, I think it'll be a, definitely another benchmark that, again, people taking you serious. I think you're already setting that trend anyway. But it's just another thing. We're like, okay, yeah, he, he's here. You know what I'm saying? So I like to manifest things that I feel like gonna happen. You said that. that you feel like are gonna happen. Yeah, I like to manifest things that that I feel like is actually gonna happen. I feel like, yeah. It's just, it's what do you? What's the one? Hold on. What's one of the worst things about having money? Having people ask for it. Hmm. Is there a crazy amount somebody's asked you for? You like? Are you serious? Like. <laughs> Man, it's yeah, I get bro. I had a whole little family feud on Facebook. <laughs> Niggas don't got my personal Facebook, so they don't know. But like bro, I got family I ain't even talked to that money. I'm like, but what's the what, what's the craziest amount or things like somebody's asked you for? I don't know, bro. It's like cars and houses and somebody like, asked you to buy them a house? Yeah. Like, you lying. Yeah, bro. It's, it's like it's wild. People back home think I got a hundred million in the bank. I'm like, nah, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> They're working, man. You buy me house, motherfucker. Shit. Yo. All right. Well, Die for Respect is out right now. Going to support that. DDG, man, it's been, it's been a pleasure talking to you, chopping it up, man. Wishing you nothing but the best and wishing that double XL freshman cover bro you know what i mean man appreciate y'all right hey i like rule number one and i like uh i just i just take this opportunity to tell you what i like um i like rule number one i like money long and i like hood melody those are my three picks you so, listen to the whole thing I, yeah okay 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 okay, okay. He's like, oh shit. okay, okay. Yeah. yeah i know i know a nigga that know a nigga you know what i'm saying but appreciate it, man. Check out Treat Me Right, track number two. Listen to that. One more time. One more real time. quick, real quick, real quick. Last thing, we do something called the business card track. So what do you what song do you feel like is the best representation of DDG off this project? If you had to walk up to somebody and give them a business card of you, they don't know who you are, but it's the best representation of who DDG is off the project. My fav personal favorite is Treat Me Right, the second song. Okay. There it is. Oh. Another thing, curbside confession. You got a crazy story. Like we do this thing on the air where we have uh, listeners call and they tell us crazy stories with Ubers, Lyfts, Postmates, DoorDash. It's called curbside confessions. Do you have any crazy stories in an Uber, a Lyft, a crazy food delivery story, Amazon package? Uh, I do. Actually, I got this recorded. It was a prank, though, but it was an Uber driver that was drinking and driving. <laughs> but he had an Amsterdam bottle when he was drinking. But it ended up being like an Uber prank. Oh, bro, they pranked you. Say, yeah, they pranked me, yeah. Too. Oh, shit, bro. <laughs> Wait, so he was drinking like it just, was he act? Was he driving like weird? Yeah, yeah, he was like swerving and shit and drinking. <laughs> Still, but it was ended up being a prank, and it was water in there instead of actual Amsterdam. It's up online. Yeah, it's online. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna look at that. DDG man, thanks for your time, bro. I know you got a lot of shit to do. Thank, thank you for hollering at us. You know, saying up on the release of your project, bro. Keep doing your thing, and we'll talk soon. All right. All right, man. Appreciate y'all. It's homegrown radio. Dizzle DJ here. We out. Wear your mask, bro. Got you, bro.